to the Coach V Show. And tonight, this Mana Motivation Monday, we're going to keep it moving with good vibes and definitely a strong testimony as we have the lead pastor for Sanger Bible Church here, Brother Pete Hingano, is here to share his success, his um, faith, his testimony, his significance, and example with all of us. You're going to enjoy this show. And now, a word from our sponsor. Whenever it's cold outside and you need a little heat, at the gamer in the plane is comfortable on your feet. When it's time for a nap, it's a pillow for your sleep. Get your comfy blanket now. Get your comfy blanket now. Welcome to the Coach V Show. Your Hollywood radio show for personal development with expert insights and interviews to help you, me, and we work to be our best and live our best life. Offering for your consideration through some of my insights, but definitely through our featured guests are these success frameworks, behavioral models, and life lessons that as we talk about them, should you find value in them that you subscribe and deploy it all over your life, leadership, and business. Here on Island City, where the beach meets the streets, welcome to the Coach V Show, where iron sharpens iron. Together, we rise. Today, I am so excited to feature one of my tocos that's down in the Central Valley, and Pastor Pete. And Pete grew up, Hingano, who grew up in a typical Tongan Christian home in New Zealand. In fact, his father is a pastor. So he grew up in a typical pastor's home. He participated in all things that were expected by his parents and within the culture. After moving to the States in the early 90s, Pete struggled to find his identity and live with the typical, this two-faced life as most pastor's kids live. Real talk. In 2004, after a few years of being the prodigal son, Pete came to faith in Christ. And in that, and the very faith that he tried to run away from, now it captivated his heart and God through a series of events that led Pete and his now wife serve the church through youth ministry. In 2012, he went back to school and he received his bachelor's from Fresno Pacific in uh, Christian ministries. In 2014, he became the Southeast Campus Pastor for Well Community Church. While he served as campus pastor, Pete attended seminary at Western Seminary. In January 2016, Pete became the lead pastor at Sanger Bible Church in Sanger, California, and still currently there serving. Pete is involved in a handful of things in the community of Sanger, from the high school football program to community events to leadership clubs from elementary schools. He has lived in Sanger for over 20 years and is married to Liz, and they have four beautiful children. Uh, Troy is 12 years old. Uh, Linnea is 10 years old. Titus is six years old. And the baby, Melilia, is four months. Welcome to the Coach V Show, Pastor Pete Hingano. Man, it is coming on the show, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. It's 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 awkward to hear your own story read uh, read back to you, you know. But man, it's an honor to be here, Coach V. Uh, thank you so much. 
Uh, it's been uh, it's been such a joy to be able to just conversate and uh, talk more and talk about leadership and how to impact others with you, man. Thank you for having me on. No, thank you, brother. This is going to be truly a blessing for those of you that just tuned in. Thanks for tuning in to the Coach V Show. Uh, open up your notepad on 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 your phone. Uh, grab a pen and paper. Uh, I urge you to be ready to take some notes. As my, my guy is going to drop some wisdom here. Uh, what's what's your what's your genesis point, brother? Please. And tell us your story, your history, and your story, please. Yeah. So, so first and foremost, my parents, uh, my dad is uh, Sifa Hingano. My mom is Mele Hingano. Sifa is from uh, Lematua, uh, and my mom is Maofanga. Um, and so, um, man, we they migrated from Tonga to New Zealand, um, and, and so there they they got married and had all the children. My father was a Methodist pastor. Uh, for the English-speaking churches, and so we were all over New Zealand. We were in Auckland, but then in Hamilton, and then in the South Island in a little town called Amaru. Uh, but in the uh, the mid-90s, early mid-90s, my, my father wanted to get his bachelor's here uh, um, at, at Cal Berkeley, and so he mm. came up he came up and uh, with, with the three younger kids, and my, myself and my older sister stayed back in New Zealand, and they came here, and he started doing uh, school, and um, realized he needed a job and to you know take care of the family and so he became again another Methodist pastor but then um, myself and my sister moved up here to join them we, they ended up placing us in a small town up north uh, north of Sacramento in Chico there's this little town town uh, south of Chico called Biggs and my mm -hmm. father served there as the the pastor there for two churches this was 96 97 and 98 um, and so the, the the whole time we were we weren't supposed to stay here. He was just we're here so he can get his bachelor, uh, get his master's. And so he was traveling from Chico to Cal Berkeley twice a week to take classes. And this was way before online stuff, you know. And there, my 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 sister went to junior college. I started playing football, and through that, we realized my father realized that um, the children can go to school. Like like back home in New Zealand, it's either university or tech school. And so, so um, in 98, uh, my, uh, the Methodist Church moved us here down to the Central Valley here in Sanger, uh, southeast of Fresno, and, and made that decision to, to stay here so that we can all go to college. And so, uh, man, since my father has made the decision to be here uh, in the States, four of the five of us have uh, a bachelor's, uh, four of the five of us have our master's. And my youngest brother, uh, Wesley Hingano, uh, just received his PhD in education this past summer. And so, um, yeah, man, like that, that really what what brought us here to uh, to America. Now, just to just to be fully honest, man, like there was a lot of resentment um, in me growing up, um, especially when we came to America, because, man, I loved rugby. Rugby was my jam back home. And mm -hmm. so to come here um, and then obviously I loved football. I loved, all of that stuff was good. But. There was, there was just resentment because I wanted to be back home. I wanted to, to be with uh, my family, um, my grandparents, all my cousins. And so um, I didn't really get over that until about 2008, man. It was just a long process. I, I didn't know I carried such resentment um, of, of moving here to, to the States. Uh, but man, in, nine, in 2000, I graduated high school. I was supposed to go college, play college football, and I did. Um, but man, because there was a lot of anger and just me wanting to be who I wanted to be prideful in a lot, a lot of ways, I mean, I, I, I went left, man. I, I became the prodigal son, mm. um, kind of tried the world and, and, and did everything that I wanted to do. But man, 
seeing now uh, it, it, what felt like it was like all sorts of, you know, curves and all that stuff, what it felt like. But when now that I look back, it was essentially everything that God did on purpose um, so that he will captivate my heart. In 2004, um, I placed my faith in Christ. I was a leader at one of these camps and the speaker just spoke to me and man brought the gospel. It was so clear to me. I knew all the parts and the aspects of the gospel, uh, but I had never owned it for myself. Um, and it was always through my faith, my, my, my parents or through the culture that I had faith, but not personally. And so in 2004, I personally uh, owned my faith and understood it. And since then, God has really directed my my life. And the faith that you said that we talked about that, that you mentioned in, my in, in the intro, the faith that I try to run away from, man, God was slowly pulling me back. And so to the point where I went back and got my bachelor's in Christian, uh, Christian ministries, and now uh, I have my master's, and now I'm a senior pastor for an English-speaking church, a Balangi church here in the southeast of Fresno in a little town called Sanger. And it's uh, not something I would have chosen, that's for sure. Uh, but this is what I tell people. I say, hey, people, a lot of people ask me, how do you know God's real? I, mm. say, I, I know God's real is because I'm doing something that I never dreamt of. I'm doing something that I'm the most alive in. I feel the most purposeful um, in while I'm, you know, while I'm leading people, while I'm speaking. Uh, um, something that it just there's just something that's different that I can never explain. And the only way I can explain that is that God's God's a, has a calling on my life. And so this is where I'm at, man. And so I started all the way in New Zealand and kind of all the way back here. And it's a it's definitely a different story, but I'm I'm certainly thankful to be here. That's what a story. What a story. Let's start first and foremost, brother, please, <clears throat> with uh, some life lessons and approaches to, you know, I think assimilation is often uh, given a derogatory word, but I'm talking about assimilation where how to figure things out, yeah. not change, wholesale change who you were, Tongan coming from New Zealand, but how to get along and figure things out, how to make ends meet here in America. Please share how your parents did that, please. Man, when, so in, in Chico, I'll, I'll just say Chico instead of Biz, everyone knows Chico, but yeah. then my father served two churches there and he was only getting paid a quarter time. Um, and so, so serving, having to serve two churches, but only getting paid quarter time, we all had to, to work together. So I remember playing football games on Friday night but then waking up Saturday morning and having to go cut our neighbor's lawns, go clean the church so that we can make extra money. And you know how your body is after a football game. You, you barely want to get out. But like in order to, to, to you know, to, to have food and you know, all those things, we, we had to do that. And, and, and I remember clearly it was just one of those things that like I hated at the time. Um, but now I look back, I'm thankful for it um, because there is this determination that, mm -hmm. that I saw from it, you know, that you're willing to, uh, the, the, the determination, the drive that my dad and my mom, my mom taught us, they didn't know that I, 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 I can say they didn't know how to explain it, but they showed us. There was like a certain grit that they had. It was like, it's just, just what we had to do. And um, yeah, so watching that and then coming here and, and doing the same, that's one of the, probably the biggest things I, I've learned from my parents is the determination um, like really allows us to really get things done. Um, and so that, that was, I would say, the very first thing that I learned from my family is determination. Um, the second thing is 
uh, the, that I learned is how important relationships are. Mm. And so you, you can you can charge the hill, right? Um, but if, if you're charging the hill by yourself and nobody's following you, like it's a lonely, it's a lonely path, you know? And so one of the things I've learned as a pastor, I look back and I'm like, man, that's what my mom and dad were doing the whole time. It was like, we're charging the, the hill together. You know, they, my, my dad wasn't just going like, hey, I'm going to go get my, my master's at Cal Berkeley, and, you know, because I'm going to do it for me. He was like, no, I'm going to do this for everyone. In fact, we're going to stay in New Zealand so everybody can have the opportunity. Oh, we're going to stay in the, in the States so everybody can have the opportunity to, to, yeah. to be educated. And so my father was charging the hill at the same time. He was like, no, let's do this all together. And so, you know, the, the, the purpose was what I saw my 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 uh, my parents, but also how important people were. And so I've taken how my fam, my, how my parents loved on us. I've taken that and inserted it to how uh, how I lead out as a pastor. I was like, man, I'm going to bring clarity and I'm going to cast the vision daily, but I'm going to make sure we're doing this all together. I love that. That's that's a phenomenal message. That determination and relationships. And and let's even uh, rewind even further back than that. Yeah. Let's make sure the audience knows who your parents are and, and your five siblings. Oh, there's five of you, right? Yeah, and and please introduce us, introduce us to the fam, please. Yeah, my, my father is Sifa, Sifa Hingano. He's a pastor at Laurel, Oakland, uh, United Methodist Church. Uh, my mom is Mele Hingano. My older sister is Moala Hingano. She lives on Re in Reno. Uh, my younger sister after me is uh, the, is Lupe Hingano, uh, Lupe Green. Um, she's married to a guy named Paul Green from uh, South Sacramento. Um, and then it's uh, Desa Hingano. She's married to um, uh, Manasse Foketti. Um, and then uh, is Wesley Hingano. He's the youngest. He's the baby, but, you know, he's the one that has the PhD. But, you know, we won't call him, you know, doctor. You know, we'll just call him <laughs> younger brother. So... <laughs> Yeah, 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 man. A a a shout out, shout out yeah. to the family. I look forward because I have on my calendar to reach out and just connect uh, to with Wesley. So I've already heard about Wesley, and this is like the fifth circle that your 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 brother's PhD. Yeah. People are like hitting me up, man. It's like, hey, man, you need to get these tongues that are at Stanford and at San Francisco State got their PhDs over here. These guys are working yeah. over here, and I'm like, absolutely. And then, and then shout out uh, to to your parents, Sifa and yeah. Mele, for you know just just putting it down like our like my parents did. Yeah. Um. And and my my parents always watch the show, so that's like the number one question. My mom is like, <laughs> yeah, hi. like uh, yeah. make sure they tell us. <laughs> make sure yeah. they tell us so we know who they are, who their parents yeah. are. So, because in the, in the talking community, we don't even go by our names. It's like whose kid no. is that, right? Yeah. You know. So yeah. that's that's phenomenal. Talk about. Talk about now, um, you know, trying to find your way and then using academia and school to now start to get some credentials, some wisdom, some experience. Talk about that. Yeah, my father let out, you know, um, he certainly had the determination. But looking back, I realized that he wanted to go to school. So essentially, he can better his craft. Mm. And, and, and so... Um, I, I remember coming to Christ in 2004. I did student ministry to it's about 2010. And I remember I, I kept on telling the students that I would lead, hey, go, go get your bachelor's, go to college. And then one of them was like, don't you, you don't have yours. 
and then I, I realized I was like, man, you that that was a that was a that was a punch to the chin. Like I, and you know, I was like, yeah. man, I, I, I um, and so I sat back and I was like, you know what, I need to not not so that I would have the letters uh, after my name, but more so as I can get better in my craft and getting gaining clarity and being concise and 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 the, the, those things. And so when I took my bachelor's, I just kept on asking more and more questions. I wanted to know more. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to tell people to, hey, just believe, just have faith. I wanted to explain the why, you mm. know, so that because the why really drives the determination. If you don't understand a why, uh, the people are just kind of getting that would only take you so far. Mm. Uh, and so when it came to, to the faith, I really wanted to understand the why behind things, how things fit together. And so I just started asking all sorts of questions. And professors were like, hey, you should think about your master's. And I was like, Psh. I barely got, I'm barely getting my bachelor's, man. That's not even. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, uh, and, and then one thing led to another. And um, and so now I remember sitting in my master's classes um, and just, just having my mind be, you know, be trained, you know, and, and, but what was interesting is I was in most of my classes in my master's, I was probably the oldest one. Um, and, and what was neat was I had, experience you know boots on the ground experience before i had the knowledge and mm. so being, being being in the classes i was able then to to kind of shed light on like how how faith and theology will actually play out to the to the average joes like in the church and so if you're not careful you can get so head like heady as far as knowledge when it comes to theology and then when you go into the local church you're, you're, what you're doing is you just teach like knowledge wise and you're just going far above them. And, um, you know, and, and so um, I, I think I look back and I'm so thankful that I did go later on um, and got get my master's because I was able to think through like, how am I going to teach this and apply this to the local church um, in such a way that the average Joe is going to understand it? Again, how do I become clear and concise? How do I communicate it in, in, in a way that they would really be able to apply it to their lives? Because, you know, knowledge, you can teach knowledge all day, but it's a waste of time if you can't apply it. Real talk. That, that's phenomenal. I love that. I love that. And, and then now talk about uh, serving in your calling. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I look at that all the time. Because I have a lot. I have a ton of people that reach out to me every day. Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. And I'm not trying to boast here. What yeah. I'm trying to get to the point is, when you text me and you said that you were the lead pastor, right? That caught my eye because, you know, and then I kind of write down when I'm going to get back to somebody. And you were like, hey, man, thanks for getting back to me so quickly. One, you know, I couldn't tell Hingano, was that Polynesian, you know, some kind of Islander name? I wasn't sure, but yeah. I just knew that this is like a Asian Pacific Islander brother, right? Yeah. Reaching out to me who happens to be a lead pastor. And that grabbed me real quick. And, and then respond to you like right away. And then for you though, how, how has this, how's it going? Like being the, everybody wants to be a leader until you become the leader and then nobody wants <laughs> to follow you, right? Like leadership is is such a high pedestal yeah. that a lot of people are reaching for. But like you said, man, you can't just dictate knowledge and dictate rules. You have to be able to win people's heart and minds, their loyalty, yeah. their trust right? Their belief in you and that, that you believe in the cause that they believe in. How's it going? And what are some lessons that you've learned along the way? 
Brother Pete, please. Oh, man. So how's it going? So just so you know, um, the, the dark side of my leadership, like on a bad day, I'm a control freak. Like I no, am, hey, say I, that again, Pete. Say that all the leaders out there, please listen. Please, yeah, say that again. On the, the dark side of my leadership on a bad day, I am a control freak. So mm. much so that my staff they call me Queen P, um, because I like that's just you know they they know that I'm I'm, I'm a, such a control freak. But what's interesting is that God will take a control freak and then put him as a as a lead pastor, Amen. and 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 man and and so just to finding that balance. And so one of the things as, as far as being a pastor and leading out is uh, like I've learned from my parents, we, I have to be able to cast vision, explain the why, bring clarity, but at the same time, relationally connect, um, mm. stay connected to our people. Um, and, and so, so many times as, as far as leadership, so many times we can cast vision and then, um, you know, paint the clearest picture. But what I've experienced is the leaders that do that, but are, are disconnected from the, the people that they're leading. Like eventually they're going to turn around and be like, where's everybody at? <clears throat> and so, and so um, I am, uh, the, if my staff were here, they, they would, they would say, I, I always, we always want to be as organized as possible. One of the things I learned in football from playing football for years is um, champions are made when nobody's watching, you know? And so as far as the staff, we're, we're going to work with, before any kind of event, we are going to iron out every detail. All the T's are going to be crossed every hour. We're going to think of everything. So when the actual event happens, we're going to be ready for anything to happen. So, um, and so not that, that we would control the event, but we're just ready for whatever the, the Holy Spirit or, or God wants us to do. Um, and so we are always preparing. And then we, one of the things we do differently now that I've loved, and a part of it is a control thing, but it's also making us better is we always debrief and ask, how can we get 5% better? That's right. And, and yeah. so, and, and <laughs> we always begin our, 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 our time when we do that, hey, Nobody takes this personally because our goal is, again, the, is, is going in the same direction. Our goal is to help people grow in their knowledge, be with and become like Jesus. And, and so that's the goal. So whatever, however we debrief this, don't take this event, don't take the debrief personally because remember our goal. And so um, one, that, that's the biggest thing I've learned from, from my parents is the determination and, and how the people relationships really matter. And so I think it was John Maxwell, he said, he talked about, you know, um, you know, everything rises and falls on, on leadership. Yeah. The law of the lid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. true. And, and part of that, and, and the, 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 the leadership role is like, man, how are you connecting? And so for me, the tongue inside in, in me, the, the Island side that I've, I've learned is like, man, food matters. That is a huge thing. And, and so having people over as far as our staff and their families and other leaders, that's a natural thing for us. And it's interesting for, for folks who don't necessarily understand that. They're like, you, you, you're going to have all those people over all the time? Like, yeah, because it, it, food leads to, to relationships. It's, uh, you know, we, we claim it as Tongans or Islanders, that food. But really, if you look at scripture, everywhere Jesus went, there was food. Food and fellowship, baby. Yep. Food and fellowship. <laughs> food, yeah, food is the international icebreaker. 
like yeah. in every culture food is has an importance where it just breaks down barriers and so uh yeah man that's uh, uh it's it's definitely there it, it is challenging as far as leading a church right now especially when it comes to the the political world um you know it's like hey pete what what do you vote for who do you vote for yeah because lately you know there you know there's been you know certain parties that have been associated to the christian faith and things like that um and just so you know i'm still not a citizen uh, of, of the united states um and and so what's been fun is i in, instead of just telling people what to do like i said earlier i want to help people understand their why so i ask a lot of questions when 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 people ask hey who should i vote for i was like, well tell me about the the thing you want you're thinking about and um helping people come to that conclusion uh, with them. Like that, that's kind of my job. Like, I don't want to just tell people what to do. Um, I'm not a football coach, <laughs> um, you know, like in some ways there are time and place for that. Um, but I think part of my role is helping them understand their faith so they can oh, live I love it that. I love that. And that's right in line with what I do <clears throat> every day is empowering yeah. people so that they grant themselves permission and authority to yeah. come and achieve what they want, Yep. right? And I think that's what great baseball, base, football, sports coaches do is they empower people and go, hey, this is what you need to do in terms of the organizational, the dark side of all of us that are leaders that know the details, timing, yeah. budget, and people matter. And that we're at the right place, time, place, and circumstance to make sure that we can increase the probability for success, right? That's the organizational part. But like what you're talking about in terms of food, fellowship, winning hearts and minds, because you can't say it, but I can say it this way. People don't give a shit what you know until they know how much you care. Yep. That is an underlying big time success approach model for life, yeah. leadership, and business. Period. Yeah. Sports, relationships, right? When people think and know that you care, the dynamics change. Their their heart changes. Their yeah. performance level. And this ain't because Coach Vries says so. This is what life, leadership, and business tells us all. Look yeah. at all of the studies that people that are but that feel like people care about them, that they're being developed to be better humans. I mean, that all the models show in business and academia that there's more high-performing individuals, teams and companies, uh, and uh, congregations that, that flux like that. That's how they roll. They roll like that. So that's phenomenal. Let's talk about, um, I want to touch on this real quick. So with you and Liz, right? Yeah. So I always talk about the number one impactful person. So I believe in God, Christ is my savior, yeah. all of that, right? I'm, I'm all in on that. But the number one person that has had the greatest impact in my professional success is my wife. And I always tell folks when I go speak in college, hey, don't be casual in your relationships because your emotions, your feelings, the physical nature of our being lusts, lusts for things. But when you're yeah. casual, when you're casual and end up with the wrong person that doesn't support you, that you're not aligned and congruent in terms of the mission together, man, tragic, tragic. So don't be casual in your relationships. How has Liz become an integral part of what you do as a spouse and yeah. as a partner? Talk about that and take about a minute because I want to get to a couple of other things, please. Yeah, Liz is um, my, my greatest supporter. She is um, she she supports me in whatever we do and she trusts me in whatever we do. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, and, and so every time, for example, every time we have church events, she knows that my job is to go be with people. And so because she she is uh, safe and secure in who she is, 
she she was like, yeah, go, go be with her people because I know that you're coming home to us, sure. you know? Um, and so um, coming and uh, leaving the Methodist church, we had to leave a job that gave us a house, benefits, and a salary to come back to nothing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah and, hey, honey, and looked, you ready for this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and we actually came back and we stayed with my in-laws. So I remember sitting in my in-laws' house. I'm like, they're thinking, man, who did our daughter marry? Oh. You know, but but she would say, she looked at me and she was like, I don't care. I trust what God's doing in your life. And so I'll go with you wherever. And then when she said that, it's it's mm. been the, the ride that we have. We, we we could never imagine what God has done, like to the to the point of the house that we have, everything. God has been uh, has blessed us. And um, she has been my the greatest supporter in in my life and um she knows that everyone in the church knows that um i would not be here without her okay so so that's that's phenomenal and i and i love that i love that and i my wife is the same for me and yeah. i think all supportive spouses and um <clears throat> and in the, any successful marriage is, is definitely a partner is a partnership yeah. and, and being able to give and take and compromise and come up with what we choose to move forward. That's phenomenal. And thank you for sharing that. Um, talk about, talk about now. Okay. So what would be your message to the world born yeah. and raised right in New Zealand, Tongan pastor, then became the, the uh, pastor son, prodigal son, yeah. maybe not living like a pastor son, to now becoming everything that you've become and then married, awesome kids, great siblings. Your parents are awesome. You're in Sanger, California. Yeah. Man, you can say whatever you want about other states, but ain't no states like Cali. And people can, yeah. can come at me all you want, man. I love <laughs> California, right? Yeah. We have our challenges, no doubt. But I mean, so what would be your message to the world, Brother Pete? Yeah, wherever you live, work, and play, uh, lead out for the benefit of others. Um, and and that, that's, that, I would say that's my one message. Wherever you live, work, and play, lead out for the benefit of others. And and I, I that's my message because uh, wherever Jesus was, he led out for the benefit of others, mm. no matter what. And, and, and sometimes that was in front of a whole crowd, but sometimes it was behind the scenes, like feeding others. And, and so many times, People think they have to be a charismatic upfront leader um, at the same time, which is which leaders are. Mm -hmm, but at the same mm -hmm. time, you can also lead behind the scenes, yes, you know, as, as far as serving. And so one of the things that I'm helping the people of my church is to be with and become like Jesus. And that is to wherever you live, work and play, lead out for the benefit of others. Take the initiative for the benefit of others. That taking the initiative could be offering up a seat for someone to sit that could be opening up the door that could be standing up in the classroom and challenging everyone hey let's do better mm. and so there's different levels and so uh, that that's ultimately to the world is wherever you live work and play because i i believe i firmly believe everyone can be a leader now what that looks like is different for how everybody is you know what however they're personalities or, or whatever their certain bents are um, but just for example my son he is, he's probably going to outwork uh, my oldest son. He's probably going to outwork any athlete um, on any team. He, he works hard. Is he vocal? No, not vocal at all. Um, but I kept on telling him every time I'm dropping off, hey, remember, in, in the way that God has shaped you, lead out for the benefit of others. 
Mm. And so, um, and so I'll go pick him up and he's, you know, helping, encouraging others. And so he's not the, the, the kid that can rally people vocally, but he's the one that's going to make others feel like they're part of the team simply by coming alongside them, giving them a pat on their back, giving them a high five, uh, words of encouragement. So my, my lesson, my, my one thing to the world will be wherever you live, work and play, lead out for the benefit of others solely because that's what Jesus did for you and I. Amen. I love that. And, and I'm going to coach me is going to add a, just an asterisk there yeah. because if serving is below you, leadership and high level success is above you too. Come Amen. on. Come Amen. on, can I be real? Hey, hey, I'm in the Hall of Fame. I'm in one Hall of Fame in the city in which I live. It's not because I have a Hollywood radio show, because I make tens of thousands of dollars an hour speaking to Fortune 1,500, 100, Fortune 100 companies. It's because of what I do for free for kids. Yeah. And and that has had an impact on my business like no other. Like, man, this yeah. guy's heart, man. It's a heart of gold, yeah. right? And, and it's a hard thing to do to not go tit for tat, man. Yeah. But when you lead for the benefit of other people, it is amazing how those people might not do it back to you, but what comes from it from everybody else that you oh. cross paths with. It's just yeah. it's just been a blessing. That is some wisdom. So so what is what is Pastor working on now? What are the projects that you're doing currently that you want to make sure that people know, hey, this is what we got going. We got the Christmas play coming yeah. up. Right. We got this for New Year's. The New Year's service is going to be this. And this is what I'm working on, too. What is that? Pastor? Man, it's, it's funny that you ask that. So typically churches, when it comes to, to holidays, churches typically ramp up. Yep. You know, they, yep. they, they, yep. they got programs left and right. Um, one of the things I've realized is, is ministry, as far as for people on staff, ministry is after our family. Our very first ministry is to our family. Amen. And so as a church, when I first came here, one of the things I said is we're not going to do a Christmas Eve service. I'm not going to ask staff and volunteers to come and put on a service and leave their families. That's right. And so, um, man, and so since 2006, we have not had a Christmas day or Christmas Eve service is because um, I think God also loves the fact that he puts us in families for a reason. And, and so I don't want to pull volunteers and staff. And so actually what we have, what we are doing as far as a church is where uh, Sanger is the nation's Christmas tree city. We have the-, the Say that again. Say that again. I've never heard that. Say that yeah. again. So Sanger is the nation's Christmas tree city. There is a Christmas tree just 45 minutes up the hill from us that is the nation's Christmas tree is the General Grant Christmas tree. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so and so um, last year we had this Christmas tree festival as ourselves, um, but then the actual San city of Sanger does a Christmas tree lighting. We're, as a church, we're just going to come and provide uh, cookies, hot chocolate, and really just serve the community that way uh, for free. Uh, but that's really the only thing that we're doing as far as the Christmas season. Other than that, we are telling people we're telling parents, guardians, grandparents, be with your family, be with your kids. That's right. Um, that's what God has designed us to do. We're, we're always going to gather, you know, we'll, we'll gather the rest of the other, you know, the, the rest of the year. Um, but man, when it comes to this, I remember always seeing my father leave to go do Christmas Eve service, Christmas Day service. And, and I get it. That was the culture. That was what we did. Yes, sir. Yes, um, sir. And, but it's now time to level up and pivot yeah. and adjust. Yeah. 
make changes yeah. for the betterment. Come on, come on. Free. Yeah, and so and so now, like I I want to be home and and do things and create traditions with my with my kids. And so um, and so since I came and I've told the the, the staff, I'm like, hey, make sure you're home. Make sure you're with your children. I never want our our child the children of the staff, the children of the the church, to be like church is more important than me. Mm, Cause you know the Tongan way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. come on. I love so, that. Yeah. So that's, that's great. Asked, and what, what about you? Yeah. What so about you individually? Do you got any projects coming up? What <laughs> what you're working on, focusing on? Yeah. So personally, we're I'm I'm trying to uh get better as far as speaking. And you know, as as like, you know, just even right now, just stuttering and say, ah ah ah. So personally, like daily, I do these. He's speaking, you know, rep repetition things to get better at that pronunciation. Uh, we got uh, sermons coming up. Um, but one thing I'm really excited about is in January, my son and I are going on a mission trip to Thailand. Um, there, there is a group of us uh, that are going into Thailand. Um, there is a there's a, a village there that we get our coffee beans from to a company here in Fresno. And then we buy the coffee beans from them. And so and so we're we're partnering with them to go see where our actual coffee beans come. And then we're also going to be doing some some uh, water wells out there. Um, but um, yeah, so that's what we're doing. I'm also doing um, been writing this curriculum for for elementary schools. It's called Lead Out. Um, and so it's helping them essentially help helping boys and girls become leaders in everywhere they live, live work and play. Um, so some of the stuff that we we're just talking about earlier and then um, I'm speaking next week at a, a Christian uh, local Christian school, um, <laughs> one of the chapels, and so there's a lot of little different things that are, that are happening. Um, but personally, man, it's a uh, it's a it's exciting season. There's a lot going on, um, but I, I, I have got lots going on. Very good. And then what about uh, shout outs? Shout outs. Who would you like to shout out here on the show? We did your family. We did your parents, right? Who who, who yeah. else do you want to shout out? Man, I, I would say the, the, the church that I, that I have the privilege of serving. There's a staff that I have, um, you know, the staff of eight. Then I have a, a board of elders that we serve with. And um, the church, it's um, Sanger Bible Church. It has been definitely a, a, a journey, um, but it's been um, probably the, one of the greatest times of my life. Uh, has there been hard times? Of course. There, there's hard times uh, in, in all seasons. Um, but that's been fun. Uh, just the city of Sanger. Um, coming from New Zealand, being a little island boy that likes to be around family and stuff, the city of Sanger has really adopted me now. Um, and, and so uh, they have adopted me to the point where they consider me a Sanger boy. Like, you know, they're like, man, he's a Sanger boy. And so um, I love small towns. I love the, the family feel. Um, and so I think the Tongan culture uh, fits very well here because everything you do, Kids are involved, food is involved, grandparents, everyone's involved. And um, so the city of Sanger, uh, the church, Sanger Bible Church and the city of Sanger, man, those are my shout outs, man. Right on, right on. And then and then your final, final. What's your final, final about being on the Coach V show? Any last message? <clears throat> shout out to the Island City Media Group. We went over on our time, but yeah. Pete, Pete, Pete got some knowledge that I want to make sure we fit in here. Final, final, Brother Pete. Wherever God has you, wherever you live, work, and play, um, get in step with him. Make sure that your determination uh, continues to gain clarity and become concise. And then in that, uh, work on what's priority. 
but one of those priorities should be people and so because relationships matter because man as you charge as you charge the hill and whatever the purpose and the goal that god has placed for you take that like you're the people that are around you the people that that you're leading matters and so um, my, my hope and prayer for our staff and for our church and for anyone listening is that as we lead out, that we never turn around and, um, and we're alone. And I was like, my, my goal and our job is to, that we will lead out together, uh, lead out, leading out for the, for the benefit of others. I love that. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Pete Hingano down in Sanger. Thank you so much for taking the time and for everybody out there. Um, that has tuned in here to the Coach V Show. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode as we feature Brother Pete, his testimony, his story, his success, his significance, and then also his example uh, for all of us. And here's a Coach V quote as we close out. There's money in the transaction, but the wealth is in the relationship from my book, Life Champion, Life Lessons That Yield Championship Results. There's money in the transaction, but as Pete's talking about, the wealth is in the relationships. In that, from Brother Pete and I, your boy, Coach V, thank you so much for tuning in. And it's just not for the sake of success that Pete and I would come on a show like this and talk about life lessons, right? But really for the sake that you be your best. Yeah. In doing so, you realize the best of your abilities and that everything that you dream, work, and pray for can be achieved. This is how Pastor Pete and your boy, yeah. Coach V, lives all about faith and family grateful for God's amazing grace. Until next time, okay. we will see you again next Mind of Motivation Monday here along with our crew at Island City Media Groups on the Coach V Show where iron sharpens iron. Together we rise and where yep. the beach meets the streets. One love. Peace. Peace.